Hey guys, in this episode of Tret Talks, I sit down and I talk with Scott Marshall. Now Scott is an expert in scaling businesses, specifically using sales funnels. Scott's literally done hundreds of millions of dollars in sales funnels. He's one of, I think it's 20 people who's won the coveted Two Comma Club X Award, meaning he's done $10 million or more in a single sales funnel. And I think he's got six Two Comma Club Awards, which is over a million dollars in a funnel. So listen, if you're trying to scale your business using funnels, Scott's the dude to listen to. So let's hop on in and hear what he has to say. Super excited to have Scott Marshall with me here. Um, and it is, I'm fired up. Uh, Scott is, he is a killer when it comes to scaling and growing businesses. Um, you know, obviously we kind of met through the ClickFunnels group. So that's where this whole process started was scaling funnels. But Scott's agency is really uh, big on scaling in general. Taking a company that may be doing you know fifteen twenty thousand a month, excuse me, and taking that to you know ten five ten twenty million dollar years, is that an accurate assessment? Yeah, some are even bigger than that. I mean, that's uh, definitely like one of our sweet spots. But uh, we have uh, we have several clients right now that are doing two hundred plus million a year. Ooh, buddy, I like yeah. that. Yeah, it's a lot of funnels. <laughs> well, well, okay. Let me start with this. When you I'm going to kind of jump in real fast here because I know we're probably going to have a ton of stuff to cover, but I don't want to chew up all your time. So when you're looking at a business, when a business owner comes to you and they're like, you know, Hey, we want to scale. What's one of the first things that you look at from them to say, Hey, is this company ready to scale? Yeah. And that's, that's a great question, right? Great uh, starting question. We really look at like, there's a formula for this. Um, We look at like, really it comes down to, to this and, you know, we could really get into metrics, but it, I don't want to make this as simple as it sounds, but it really is this. We really look at like, what is the cost per acquisition? Uh, what, are the, what are they uh, paying right now to get every new client? And then what is that client worth? And we don't just look at it from a 30-day period. We'll look at that from like a 90-day, 180-day, six months, maybe even as far out as a year to see, okay, well, if, we spend, if they're spending $100 to get a new client, and that client's only worth a thousand dollars over the course of a year. That's still a pretty good investment. But what we yeah. look at is if we can, uh, if they're worth twenty thousand dollars over the course of a year, then that's when we really get excited and we start investing in that company ourselves and uh, and put some skin in the game too. Um, and so that's what we really look at. We look at <clears throat> how many uh, how many current users do they currently have? Because what a lot of people don't have is a backhand model, and that's really where you make a lot of your money. It's really where you scale. Um, and so if they have a pretty good database of buyers already inside their database, we know that we can uh, develop products and offers to be able to, to sell that, that, um, those buyers. Um, and then we look at what, how, much are, how much are they paying to attract a new client um, currently because there's ways that we can tweak that, right? Like we have really good uh, connections inside of um, buying traffic. We have really great funnel builders. We have really great, uh, we have a chief technology officer that's incredible at connecting some of the technology platforms in order to get that cost acquisition even cheaper. And so that's really the, the two things that we look at when we simplify this down. Okay. Well, let me ask you this, because you said, you mentioned some of the metrics or some of the difference, whether it's your CAC and stuff like that. Um, do you have specific numbers, parameters that, that you look at and you're like a ballpark? Look, we need to see you know, customer acquisition costs at around this range, or are you looking at as a, as a, uh, a ratio of your CAC versus your lifetime value, your LTV? Yeah. So it just depends on what that, um, uh, first two like products are, you know, like from a tripwire product point of view, 
uh, we'll typically look at like a hundred dollar cost per acquisition. Um, for uh, most people that will sell for like a, a dollar anywhere to like $49 um, for okay. that product. If we can get that at a hundred dollars. We know that typically any, we know that this right statistically what we've been able to prove is that 10% of everybody that buys a product, even if it's for a dollar, uh, we know that within a 30 day period, we can get them to buy about a 3000 to $5,000 product at a 10% clip. And so, and now uh, when you're talking about that, so you're talking, you're really looking at your like value ladder stuff. Absolutely. We know that we can, we can acquire them at a hundred dollars a customer and move them up our value ladder just and get them to about a $3,000 product. Within 30, exactly. So within 30 days, what we've been able to perfect is anybody that buys a $1 product or more, uh, we know that we have a process, a system to be able to get 10% of all those buyers to go and buy that $3,000 product. If you expand that out over 30 days, it jumps up to about 12 and a half to anywhere from 12 and a half to 15%, depending on that first product. But that changes the game for you. Now, how, let me ask you this, man. How long, okay, a couple questions, because I don't, I don't think I picked this up when I was doing my little background digging. How long have you been doing this? Yeah, so uh, this model and this process for about three to four years. Okay. Now, what what was the buildup to get to this process? What did that look like? Yeah. So that was like a, a huge team, right? Like one, I've been doing marketing for about 10 years. Okay. Um, and then what happened was I, I was very fortunate to be able to jump in with a with a, a large organization that was on the process of scaling up and they were doing a lot of uh, live webinars. <clears throat> and so during that process, that was a huge machine, $50 million a year company of selling uh, education software in the financial space. And so in order to be able to scale up, they had to do a lot of live webinars as the, the process. And so luckily I had uh, several big mentors and um, uh, inside of that industry, uh, what I learned to do was when you're, when you're running webinars that are having like five to 600 people inside of each webinar, and you're doing that three times a day, six days a week, uh, we're spending about three to $500,000 on advertising and we're getting about 300,000 leads a month. You wow. can't, um, when you get that like volume, you can't speak to 300,000 people, right? Like you have to figure out how to filter these people down. And so one of the things that um, I really had up uh, that really got the success and, and opened up my eyes to a lot of things was I started creating these tripwire product funnels of every time a new lead came in, I would, uh, I would offer them like a $1 product, whether it was like an ebook, uh, a software trial. And I had about 50 of these funnels. Probably so you use that as your filter. Exactly. Exactly. That's, a, that's, you know, I didn't think of it that way. Most people think of they, when they think of a tripwire or they think of their initial, your, whatever your initial product they, or your break even product, whatever you want to call it. They always look at that from a perspective. And this is what I've done a lot of times in the past as well, from a standpoint of, okay, l let me just try and get this funnel to break even first. Let, you know, let yeah. me try and get the product in the door to break even. Um, and then maybe I'll scale them up to, a, I'll do a bunch up to a, you know, to a, excuse me, consultation calls or something like that and use that to filter out my high end stuff. But you've done it differently. You started doing the filter from, Hey, let me use my, uh, let me use my tripwire as a filter to see if they're actually intent on taking action on this kind of scale of products that we have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So like we went into the whole funnel process of, we don't even need to break even. We can actually lose a little bit of money because we're looking at it as a way of investing instead of paying sales guys to call every single lead, we're only going to have our sales guys 
be on the phone with people that we know are going to give them the best percentage to be able to close, right? And so um, even like the, uh, so we did like- Just out of curiosity, did you ever test that ratio of having the salespeople call a lot of the people coming in just on regular opt-ins versus the ratio of them calling people who've purchased? What's the difference in that ratio? So it's like a 0.1%, it's like a 0.1.2% if you just call all leads of 300,000 leads compared to the 10% close if they've actually purchased the product. That's huge. Oh my gosh. Wow. So on a scalable point of view as well, when you're talking about 300,000 leads, um, there's just not manpower to be able to do that. No. I mean, even a call center is going to struggle to handle something like that. And then you've got to up your cost for a call center, et cetera. Um, Okay. So you also mentioned that now, like your agency, um, you guys will invest in the companies that you work with. So yeah. I guess, how did you guys get to that point? Cause you know, even a lot of the traditional, like large scale, whether it's uh, funnel agencies or just marketing branding agencies, or even just, you know, Facebook ad agencies, they'll, they'll do from the standpoint, even if sometimes you'll work out a funnel build or an ad campaign build where you do a percentage of profit share. Mm-hmm. But that's, this is probably the first time that I've heard of people doing say, Hey, let me do a build and I'm going to invest in the business as well. Yeah. So we do both. Um, let me clarify that. So we do both, right? Like, um, certain clients, uh, we, uh, will only at the minimum, our floor is that we'll always take a profit share on every client that we do. Okay. Um, and then we take a, um, uh, there's two ways that we go about it. Uh, there's two ways that we go about it. We have the, uh, uh, the traditional sense of you pay up front and then you pay a commission on top of that, i.e. a profit share. And that works out pretty well. Really on that that cost, we're only getting you to, as long as we can cover our cost of the build out, um, we'll make our end on the, the profit share on that as well, right? And that does really well because some of our clients were taking like a 30% profit share on, sometimes even higher, and they're doing, you know, minimum $100,000 a month. Some are, are doing multi-million dollars a month, right? And so that works out really well. There's other products that if we know that we can control the whole process from like start to finish, um, yeah. we'll just go in the game at that point and be investors inside of that. And we take a, a percent and we'll, we'll create a new entity or our entity will own that entity with it as a percentage. Um, and that works out really well, but we have to really believe one in the, uh, in the attractive character of that. Um, and we're, you know, we're controlling that whole process of, uh, driving traffic and, let me speak to that. Yep. That's something a lot that obviously anybody that's in ClickFunnels has heard Russell talk about that tons. And some entrepreneurs and business owners who aren't in the CF group may not be super familiar with the concept of the attractive character, yeah. where you're becoming that person that creates the dynamic following, the audience loves you, et cetera. Um, so is, is, I'm, I'm assuming then when you're ta- mentioning the attractive character for the businesses you're investing in, is that one of the key components? Like I would imagine you've got to look at that dude and say, hey, this guy or this gal, like, they have the charisma. They have the ability to create a following. That's one of the reasons. So you're almost investing in the person as well as the business. A hundred percent. Like the, our number one uh, that we have invested in, in that, uh, not to give too much away, but he's definitely sure. a, a heavy hitter himself. He's not only just a guru, but like he's trained himself in, um, in, uh, uh, from a speaking point of view, like he's gone through some of the top speaking classes, um, gotcha. but he sees like, and then he has his craft, like he's one of the best at what he does in the industry that he's in, but then he's taken a step further and he's invested in how to learn about marketing, how to learn about selling, how to speak inside right. of webinars and on stages. 
And so like we're making more of an investment in that because he's made that investment already. That makes sense. 100%. Okay. So then, all right. So then you, you're, you're getting into the game then, whether it's you're doing the base, like you said, the baseline of a profit share, or you decide to, Hey, you know, we're, we're all in on this attractive character, this product, and we feel like we can come in and help them by controlling the series and the sequence. So what are your steps then when someone's at that foundational level and they come to you and say, all right, we're ready to move forward. How do you start them in the process of scaling? I mean, have, are you hoping or are you looking to have the automation, some of the automation done then, or is that when you start the automation process? Yeah. So there's two things that there's, there's really three things that go into this process, right? Um, typically when you're going to go scale up, there's three things that you need to solve. Sometimes it's all three and sometimes it's only one, uh, but we don't know until we start jumping into that, right? The first one is you already have somewhat of a front end. You might have a back end, but you really just, uh, you don't know how to buy new traffic. And so like a lot of people that are doing like a million to $3 million, they've been able to really uh, figure out how to drive organically, whether that's through like Facebook or YouTube and they have a good following and they're just continuously uh, putting out content that's generating revenue. But there's not like an actual formula to that, right? <clears throat> and so a lot of times we're able to come in and they just don't know how to buy traffic because we start buying traffic at 50,000, 100,000, 500,000, even a million dollars a month that's not the same way as you go and just spend a thousand dollars on some Facebook ads, right? Like it's a whole different process. You have to have different lead sources and vendors. You, you have to have a media buyer, but then you have to have like an analyst. That's always like every day, like our media guy, he's checking every single source and he's saying, Hey, what can I switch over to? And that works out really well. Right. And so the first thing that we look at is lead generation. Like what can we do to uh, start driving leads? That will work. The second thing that we find is technology, right? Like a lot of people when they're starting a business up and they get that traction, they're working on a budget. And so they don't always buy the best marketing platforms and sales platforms and technology platforms that you need to scale. And, and what happens is as they grow, they start piecemealing some of these platforms and they don't always talk to each other, right? And so we'll come in and we'll tweak that process and, and we'll we'll start the whole automation side of things as well. Right. A lot of times, like that's where you get the biggest pop because you've now taken the manpower out of it. You've got a process, you've got a brand, you've got a product. It's really just a case of making the machine work really smooth. The third now, step. Can you talk to automations real quick. Um, actually, sorry, hit, hit your third step first. I'm, I'm going to make okay. a note. I'll come back to the automations. So the third step inside of this is product development. Like a lot of people, they catch fire with like that first offer that they create or the, the offer that makes them like get a pop, whether that's they do a million dollar funnel and now they, they think that they're in the game, right? Is that a lot of people don't know the concept of uh, an irresistible offer. And uh, yeah. sometimes there's some hard conversations that need to be had, right? Where it's like, hey, look, we've got to make this offer a little bit better or they don't have a back end product made yet right they they can't wind with with one funnel maybe two products but they don't have that twenty five hundred dollar five thousand ten thousand dollar product or they don't have a continuity product built into their system yet and so that's typically where we'll, we'll get that that third phase is exactly that is either figuring out how to white label a continuity program uh whether that's a software whether that's a membership area uh or uh, or we'll go and actually just rebuild a whole product together and we'll create a whole new, whole new offer for the back end. Um, so tied in with that third step that you're talking about, is yep. that where you build out your, um, like you, you're going to build out your value ladder? 
because obviously you have your tripwire, then you want your high end product that you're, you know, your salespeople are going to upsell too. And then obviously with that as well, you're going to want your continuity pro uh, product to create that consistent revenue stream. Absolutely. That's when that process takes place. That's when that process takes place. And so does the automation start taking place, right? Because now you've identified the, the DNA and each step of the, uh, of the, like every customer inside of each step, you know what their DNA is made up of, right? And there's certain triggers that you can start uh, creating, whether it's inside your CRM tool, your marketing automation, your sales process and your, their team, you can start having these triggers based on that. Like you can see that I know this, if someone comes to a webinar for 30 minutes or more, that yet again, my sales guys now have like a 6% chance of closing them. If they yeah. if they bought a product, like the $1 product, they have the 10%. If they bought the, the, the product and they showed them for 30 minutes, now it increases to 12.5%, right? And so I start having triggers for all of those and I start automating it. I say, I, but the team starts automating it so that we can just make that process as smooth as possible. But you have to figure out what are those triggers and why should those triggers happen in order to even build them in in the first place. Which I got you, and that that's where you, you your filter that you use as the tripwire is giving you then the parameters and the triggers because you know what the risk that you know I didn't think of that. If you're using that as your filter, that also gives you the ability to use multiple different offers to okay. figure out what your trip like you're you're figuring out what your trip points are to actually open the wallet versus most people are just figuring out what the trip points and what the trigger points are to actually get them to opt in. And the Absolutely. two don't always align. They don't always align together. They don't. And so there's different tactics that you can use for that, right? And this is one of the things I, I kind of want to touch on is there is um, there's a huge difference between a tactic and an actual strategy. And I think what's happened in the marketing game and sales game in the last like couple of years is you've had a lot of like, I don't want to discredit anybody in any way, but it's, sure. it's in today's age, it has never been as easy as it is today than to make a million dollars online. Like you can, I don't want to say you can luck into it, but you kind of can, like you could be in the right place, right time, find the right offer and it just pop. Um, it's a lot harder to go generate 10 million, 20 million, $50 million. Like that's a process, that's a system. Um, and so like you can do a million dollars with a tactic. Like a tactic to me is uh, chat bots. A tactic to me is Facebook campaign. A tactic to me is using an on-demand webinar funnel. Um, and the tactics and, are, are more of a simple, it's like you're, what you're talking about is then more of, of a piece of the puzzle. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. And you can become a master of that, right? And and what happens is I think what you're starting to see, um, and like this was a, this has been one of the biggest growths and uh, it's been a struggle for me and I, I've really been humbled by my mentors and who are now my business partners is uh, where I got lucky and blessed was I put in like six, seven years of just grinding inside of the marketing game. I'd owned a couple of local agencies. I had, um, I'd worked for some really big media companies, but I never got that pop. But then what happened for me is right place, right time, ClickFunnels came around. I managed to excel inside of ClickFunnels. And because of that, I got incredible exposure. I got opportunities to invest in certain things um, and, and it popped. But then what happened was uh, now that I'm in a bigger agency, that's just one tactic inside of a much, much larger strategy. And so you see the same thing happen where you'll see like a bot guru come out and be like, hey, look, come in. I'm going to show you uh, my new bot that's making $10,000 from me a month. And that's great. Like if you, if you want to live there, but if you really want to serve and you want to make the greatest impact in your world, you've got to be able to figure out how to go get bigger than just like a chat bot.
Okay. Okay. So let me ask you this then, because you obviously we're, I understand that if you're scaling to, like you said, you know, 20, 30, hundred million dollar companies, um, the ability to actually implement a very long-term strategy, but also to be able to, um, to really push through and have tactics that you could implement at strategic times. Yeah. absolutely. Uh, how do you balance the two of having, okay, here's my long-term strategy now look, okay, here's this, like, like you mentioned chatbots, here's this phenomenon that everybody's loving right now because it's a, you know, chatbots can be an easier way to capture someone's information or get them on a list than actually asking for emails. So how do you implement the, the up and coming or the new tactics into your long-term strategies? Absolutely. It's a great question, right? So one of the things that we use um, is uh, we have a pivot doc um, and we have a pro forma doc. And this performer doc that we do, and we do this really before we go into any campaign or really any business, um, and it's it's a simple Excel sheet. But what it does for us is it's got our uh, formula that we use in order to, to scale up. We know that if we pay this amount for a lead and we sell this product and X amount of people rebuild and X amount of people that bought this first product are going to be able to buy the $2,500 product or the $3,000 product, um, this is what we need to do, right? And so we already know going into it, this is what our cost per lead needs to be. This is what our average rebuild rate has to be. This is what our cost per acquisition has to be. And this is what our upsell rate has to be, right? Like that's, that's your performer doc. That's a performer doc, right? Okay. And we'll typically look at that from over the course of one year uh, and with the benchmark of being, how do we, how do we get to $10 million in a year, right? And okay. from there, like, cause there's the strategy, right? The strategy is, we're going to get cost per leads at this. We're going to get a cost per acquisition at this. We're going to get a rebo rate at this. And we're going to have an upsell rate for this. Now it comes into what are the tactics that we're going to use to be able to get that cost per lead for that price? What is the tactic that we're going to use to be able to get the cost per acquisition at this rate? What is the tactic that we're going to use in order to be able to get them to upsell to the bigger, uh, the bigger tool, right? And from there, we just yeah, start um, pivoting within our team. Like, what we did from a, a business point of view is uh, we went and we built an incredible team of people that are really good at those certain tactics, right? We have some of the best copywriters on our team. We have some of the best weapon, webinar presenters. We have some of the best like high-end sale ticket closers. Uh, we have some of the best project managers. We have some of the best technology developers on our team. And so we know like when's the time to pivot, when's the time to use this person's tactic, this person's tactic, and then we just go implement it. Interesting. All right. Uh, now you mentioned one thing you, you didn't talk about you, the pivot doc. Mm. Is that something that you, I mean, is it what it sounds like? That's what you use to plan on at this point in time, we're going to pivot to this tactic or that tactic. I mean, is that as simple as what it sounds like? Yeah. So we use, uh, so there's two kind of pivot docs uh, that we have actually, we have an internal pivot doc that works um, uh, for growing a company up. And that's for talking to, um, that's where we plan out on a 30 day basis. Uh, we start segmenting everybody inside of the, the CRM tool and we start identifying those triggers that we talked about. And then we start right. figuring out throughout the, the month, what is the messaging and what is the offers that we're going to send to them? And we do that like literally for a daily basis. Like we send out an email per day to each one of those lists. Right. And so we plan that out. And as far down as, this email or this message, this campaign per day is going to generate this amount of dollars, right? The other pivot doc 
is really from a project management point of view of, hey, look, if this doesn't work, now we go to this. If this doesn't work, then we move to this. And that, that works out pretty well. I'm assuming the second one is stuff that you've just kind of learned over, over a lot of the time that you've been doing this. You're like, okay, if this strategy, we, this is the best way to start because this may be, for example, this may be our best, most cost-effective strategy. If this works, you know, I Absolutely. use, for example, when we talk lead generation clients, I'll always tell them, use your minimum viable funnel first. So yep. if you can run a Facebook ad to a lead form, great. There's your minimum viable funnel. That's probably your lowest cost per click. Get in, get out, get your leads. That's Versus awesome. then you have to start going into the concept of, you know, building out your landing pages and opt-ins and you go through the whole sequence. Is that kind of what you're talking about for your internal pivot doc? Absolutely. Right. And so like, what's great about, um, what's great about the culture that we've created is that there's no egos in this game, right? Like I don't always have the best tactic to implement and I don't always have the best funnel that's, that's firing off. Right. And so sometimes I need to be like, Hey, look, I need to tag out. My funnel's not working. And it's not just a case of like, oh, I just gave up. It's a case of, hey, look, I'm going to try this, 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 and this. I did this, this, and this. I took my shot. I swung. I missed. I'm okay with, with missing because at least I swung for a home run. Who's on to bat next? And then we just go through that process again. Yeah, you know, that's a good point about the egos. Because, it, it, like, for example, if, if you're the funnel guy, I know you build a lot of the funnels, right? You've got to be able to say, okay, look, right now the funnel's not working. Or right now the funnel's not working as I would want it to. Let me pull somebody else in, let them take a crack at this and see if they can jumpstart this process. And then I can filter that back through the funnel to try and automate it some more. Absolutely. Um, I think that's a huge point about the egos. I think that we have too many times that uh, marketers in general, business owners, we get stuck in a way that we know has worked before. And we're oh. just like, this is going to work. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it work. And uh, we don't stop and say, look, let's find a better way because this one's not working right. And that's what, like, to be honest with you, that's been my biggest growth of this last year is, you know, being part of a team and having a hell of a team that, um, one, like you've got to have trust, right? Like I have incredible trust inside the uh, side of the team. And the second part of it is that, uh, a bigger desire to be like great, right? Like right. we strive for greatness and, and you just don't get in, don't get in the way of your own success, man. It's, it's terrible. You have the team on board with, Hey, we want the agency itself to grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, okay. Question with that for agents, for a lot of agency owners who may watch this, how do you balance? Because this is something that I've always, that I've always questioned because I've never, I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't gotten quite to that scale yet. <laughs> um, uh, but when you're looking from an agency standpoint, how do you balance out bringing in the best of the best, right? But keeping the best of the best on the team and the best of the best still being aligned with the business interest and wanting to work together versus the best of the best saying, hey, look, I can go make more money on my own. Yeah. So there's, there's two aspects of this, right? Like, uh, I would say that like one of the things that we do teach is self-awareness and the truth is this, not everybody is an entrepreneur. Like some people, um, some people don't want to run a business. Like there's so much stress that comes along with owning a business, like paying payroll. And, uh, like I'm responsible for 15 people's lives and income. Like, that's, that's responsibility, right? And they have kids. And it's like, that's not for everybody. Not everybody's built for that. Some people like the opportunity um, of being fulfilled, doing what they're passionate about, paying them really well. But then I think what, what makes us uh, great is we love that entrepreneurial spirit. And so one of the things that we've adapted inside of our agency is the incubator mentality. And so we have our, we have our agency 
But yet again, we have other things that we're investing in, but then we also uh, have this think tank. And so in this last quarter, one of the things that came out of this was a whole new brand, um, a company called Webinar Expo. And one of the things that we, we've really crafted is putting people inside of live webinars. And so inside of this Webinar Expo brand that we've now just launched, it is, uh, it's joint webinars that we do on a monthly basis. Um, and so like yet again, like I, I hope um, and I believe this to be true is that the people that work with us on our team, yet again, it's, it's not me saying it's my agency, like it's our team, right? right? Is that, uh, they, they have a part of this. They have a vested interest inside of this. And, and they know that if they come with the, uh, a really great idea, not only are we going to hear them out, but we're probably going to invest in that idea and see if it has some legs. Interesting. Um, all right. I want to get back to that, that step two you talked about with the automations. Yeah. Because I, I know that that a lot of times is one of the hardest things for people to be able to say, okay, how do I – how do I, what's the process? What am I looking at for automations? How do we even get started with automating my sales process? And I know that it's a lot more than just, Hey, here's your funnel. Now you can make money while you sleep. It's way more than that. You have everything from your tracking internally, your CRMs and all the, so if someone is at a spot where maybe they're not ready to, to bring someone like you in, but they're looking at from their small business they may have now or the medium sized business, how do they go about starting to put in automations and things like that? for their business. Yeah. So you start scaling it down to the like, uh, basic format, right. Of, uh, when someone opts in, right. That's different than someone that's not opted in. Um, and what is that next message that they want to hear? Right. And I would automate mm -hmm. that process of as soon as someone comes in to my business, what is that relationship? And like, you've got to take the time to map this out, right? Like whether you get a huge giant white wall, uh, like we have every office that we have inside of our, our building has a white wall inside of it, right? We also have a huge team uh, uh, room that has a big whiteboard. And start mapping this out, right? Like if, um, and, and like, there's no uh, details that shouldn't be spared in this. Like if I was to start from a perfect scenario, and we start kind of from like the back and work our way. We start from the end result in mind and work our mm -hmm. way back um, is what, what do you need to be able to say to them? What is the benchmarks that this customer needs to hit or this lead needs to hit to become a customer? Right. And we just start building that out. And then you can easily automate that with emails and messenger bots and ad campaigns. Um, but then you figure like, what steps do they need to make? Do they need to open up X amount of emails before they buy? Do they need to visit your page X amount of times before they, they buy? Um, and what are the hurdles that you have to be able to cover in order for them to buy, right? Like that's really, yeah. the first thing is like the switch, right? And so the first automation that we really set up is what is the switch that needs to happen currently, right? And this is one of the hardest things in marketing and sales is, they're in a, every person that you want to be a potential buyer for you, they're currently in a different vehicle than the vehicle that you want to give them, right? You believe that you have a product, yeah. you believe that uh, you have an offer that is a better vehicle that's going to help them get to their, their dream destination faster, quicker, and uh, more efficient, right? And so uh, getting someone to admit that the current vehicle that they're in is not working is the hardest thing because we don't like to admit that we're wrong, right? Um, and so we automate. Yeah. That, that is true. As human beings, we're very stubborn in the fact that we don't want to admit that something that we're not right on a situation. Absolutely. It's a concept of giving them new information to make a new decision. 
Yep. And so what we do is we get a little psychology on this, right? Like um, people that uh, typically, if they can come up with the idea that they believe, oh man, I need this other vehicle because this vehicle sucks, then it's a lot easier, right? And so we'll use like stuff like the ask method by Ryan Levesque to uh, to make them feel like we're having that one-on-one conversation, that personal conversation, yeah. but then that the customer believes that they went down this process themselves, right? Um, and yet again, you can automate that whole thing pretty easily within any kind of CRM or email tool, right? Um, and then from there, as soon as they've made like that first purchase, we tag those people differently than we did then when they first came in that email uh, or they first came in as a lead. And then we start automating that process of <coughs> what is next for them? Do they need to come to X amount of webinars? Do they need to uh, see X amount of videos? Do they need to read X amount of emails uh, before they make that, that purchase? And we just start triggering all those uh, automations off from there. So it seems like the whole, when we're talking strategies versus tactics, like overall, we've been kind of discussing a lot of this. It really comes to seem like the overall strategy is not as much art as it is science. 100%. It's more, it's more, it, the overall strategy is very metric based. It's very, we, we're going to get them to do A, then B, then C. If C, if they don't respond at C, then we go to C, C.2 or whatever, and we move them back into D, E, and go like that versus the tactics themselves seem like that's where more of the art form comes. The tactic Trent, is where are you the art person to write the bot or the copy or whatever? Absolutely. Trent, that's amazing that you touched on that and picked that up, to be honest with you, because uh, yet again, I think that's one of the biggest things that marketers have. And I'm telling you, I've gone through this personally because uh, how I felt for a long time was, um, man, like marketing is a craft and I've studied my craft and I've read this psychology book and I went to this workshop and I invested in this mentor and I took this course. And so like when I was building these funnels and I was building these marketing campaigns, I was like, man, like I'm crushing it because I'm a creative genius. Right. Um, and what I learned was uh, from my mentors, who's my business partner now, is that like that's irrelevant. Like that's almost irrelevant. Um, Interesting. It really is a data game and the data is going to tell you your answers. Right. You know, we're, Hey, we're going to start to push right now. We're going to stop the overeducation and help people understand that what, yes, you, there is the process of honing your craft, like you just said, but there's also the process of just implement. And this, yeah. I know this is something that we, I, I look, I've dealt with it. I know almost every, every, almost every marketer or business owner, at some point has dealt with the fact of you get caught in over-educating yourself. It's super yeah. easy to do because we're like, oh, well, this guy's really good at this. And this guy is amazing at that. Let me just go read this book, take this webinar, buy this course. And you next thing you know, you've just totally over-educated yourself. Not that it's a bad thing, but you've prevented yourself from getting the science and data. And I, look, I'm in the past. I'm as guilty of it as anybody else. You, you, you're passionate about it. That's why you're in it. Absolutely. But um, that's interesting. I, I just... Yeah, we're gonna start, we're gonna start that box right now. That's hey, so box. Let's do it. Uh, it's chestnut checkers. <laughs> yes, that yes, that's a good way to put it. That's what it is. But um, awesome, man. Well, on man, honestly, man, I've got a lot that I'm gonna have to process on my own. Here. <laughs> <laughs> it's been great having you on, man. I mean, my brain is uh, to be very direct, is spinning. You've got a lot of good information out. Um, we're gonna it. have to process this, and uh, we'll have to do this again sometime, and uh, and dive deeper into uh, to some of the other stuff. Absolutely. Uh, we're, doing, we're doing some. How can people work with you if they think they're ready? Um, yeah. So there's two things that uh, I would tell people to do is is this year we're going to try and give back a lot, and uh, we've got a really ex exciting opportunity here at Sales Agency 
um, to be able to uh, kind of open the doors, reveal everything, and give everybody like our tactics. And that's really what we want to do. Um, awesome. And so over this next like year, because we're, we're looking really this is a nine month to a uh, year process, is um, I just want you to come and follow us. At, um, uh, check us out on Facebook or come to salesagency.com um, or uh, Sales Agency Orlando, uh, Facebook forward slash sales, uh, sales Agency Orlando. And uh, salesagency.com. I'm going to put in the comments right here so um, I can check it out. And I want you to come in and follow us because we're going to show you, like, one of the things I want to do this year is I want to, uh, as, as I'm growing, I'm going through this incredible growth period right now. Is, uh, is when I start geeking out on some of these tactics that we're learning, I want to share them with everybody that I can. And so when I see a funnel that goes from, you know, like a 60% opt-in rate to an 82% opt-in rate, I'm going to go show you exactly what the team did and the emails that they used. When it's I see how a I did it, yeah. we do go from doing like uh, $20,000 inside the webinar to $100,000 inside of one webinar, I want to show you, and like I'm going to geek out as well. I want to show you uh, exactly what we learned in order, like what did he do inside of that webinar to be able to go five times that revenue, uh, and then we're going to turn it all into a mastermind to share with you at the end of the year. Um, and so that's one way that you can come and follow us if you, if you're not quite ready on this level. If you're you know if you're not generating a million to two million dollars minimum a year right now, you're probably not like the right fit for us. But I want to give you the information to help you get there. Uh, but if you are doing like a million plus. Uh, a year uh, or more, then uh, then reach out, out to us as well at salesagency.com uh, or you can email me at scott at salesagency.com uh, as well. And we'd love to just like do a little audit of your business, look awesome. at where there's some opportunities for growth. And at the very least, we'll give you, uh, we'll at least give you the strategy of what we would do to be able to scale you up, even if it turns out not to be a fit. Awesome, man. Well, Scott, thank you so much, man. It's been it's been a blast. We're definitely gonna have to do this again soon. Um, you know, we don't we, we don't want to try and empty the brain now. We'll save a little bit for the next time. But it's been a lot of fun, man. Thank you so much. Likewise, likewise. Hey guys, thank you for listening. I hope this really helped you. Uh, it means a lot to me to be able to try and help you guys, both personally and in business. I'm super excited that you're listening. Please take a minute and subscribe and leave a rating. It would mean the world to me, literally. I would love it and greatly appreciate it. Um, hit me up on social media, at Real Trend Evans on all platforms. Let me know what you think of the episode. Let me know you're following. Uh, just reach out to any questions you have. I would love to help you. I'd love to be able to be a part of your world and help in any way I can. I love you guys. Have a great day.